Orange Glad we watched the OC, where we are a twosome, but we are not gruesome. <laughs> uh, I, what, how do I introduce this? I'm Sarah. <laughs> this is Evan. Oh my God. This is the 25th time that we've done this. You would think that I would know anything about what was going on so far. Um, This is the podcast where we discuss... Every episode of seminal television program, The O.C., that aired on the Fox network in the early 2000s that Evan never saw, and I saw, at least once. But my memory is very bad. Hi, Evan. What up? (laughs) Just energy-filled, just out the gate. Bitch, it's a Monday. It is a Monday. Why the fuck are we recording this on a Monday? We're recording on a Monday because we don't have central air, and the forecast for this week made today the optimal recording day without dying. Oh, because it's like 60 degrees? Uh Uh-huh. Gotcha. Yep. And do you have any breaking news you would like to discuss? Uh, Pat Robertson's dead. That's great. Um, what Ted Kaczynski died, I guess, from what I hear. Sure. Um, two people I personally know died. I didn't tell you about this. No, you didn't. Um, you, you would know DC from the Polka Riot. Um, he was a young guy. He was a young guy. Got into a head-on car crash oh, in Portland. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. He was probably in his thirties. Um, and then Geo from WXRW um, just like suddenly died last week. Oh wow. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, Keith came by and told me. Isn't that strange? Yeah. Yeah. Are you gonna go to either of their services? I didn't know anything about him. Okay. I don't know what what the sitch is. Okay. We'll see what happens. Keith will probably keep me informed. Um, I'm sorry to hear that. Let's see. What else is the, the news lately? Uh, we got a citation from the village of Shorewood <laughs> that our lawn was not in compliance. First time that's ever happened you to either one of us. a fucking week without goddamn raising everything to the fucking ground in this goddamn city. Somebody snitched. Somebody goddamn narked on us. I don't know who it is, but I have my theories. I have my theories. What's your theory? I think it might have been Joan. <gasps> next door neighbor, Joan. She gave us a banana bread when we moved in. Yeah, it was before she knew that we were... Communists? Filthy radicals. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is what it is. Oh, additional breaking news. The actor who plays Caleb Nickel is a fucking secret Aussie. Secret Australian this whole fucking time. Actually, he's a secret New Zealander. Oh, he's a Kiwi. He's a Kiwi. Okay. But still. Still. 
His fucking American accent is goddamn perfect. And it just makes me so angry. Well, when I listened to him talking this episode, I could I could see it. I could I could kind of unearth it if mm. he listened really hard. Mm. Mm. I don't know about that. Maybe you're not as adept at dialects as I am. Actually. Did you ever consider that? You know what? That might that might actually track. No, like for real, because we have the disagreement between the two of us that Shirley Manson doesn't sing with a Scottish accent. Maybe I just don't. Maybe my ear isn't really as good as yours at picking up people's people's accents when they're maybe trying not to. You're ethnocentrist. That's a step towards the mean direction. <laughs> Whereas I was trying to say that you're good at something that maybe I'm slightly deficient at. You had to take it to the racist route. I'm okay. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> now I just feel sad. How can I make it up to you? <laughs> Let's do a podcast. Okay. <laughs> hey, look, we're doing one right now. Hey. What are the odds of that? I think that's all. I think that's all the news I have. Excellent. Um, do you have your little guide? I do. Little cliff notes on how this one goes. Yep. Can we just really quickly say again? The editing of this episode is very odd. Like, there's a bunch of weird fades that don't make any sense. There's very peculiar cuts to commercial break. Um, there's really weird cuts in general. There's a lot of bizarre ADR. And it looks like it, it was really foggy in the scene where Ryan gets in the car to drive to Chino. So my guess is maybe they were dealing with some rain. So maybe they needed to do some additional dialogue recording yeah. to get people's lines. Uh-huh. The whole thing was just, it's another one of those weird episodes. But there's no weather delay for the fades. Somebody Should, just learned how to do fades. There was, somebody finally, what, they just got an Avid? <laughs> and they were like, oh my god, you guys, I can do star wipes? I could ma- We could make Star Wars if we wanted to with this thing. Left to, left to right fades and wipes? Oh, fuck, I should probably silence my damn phone. Oh, probably. Okay, talk amongst yourself. Talk with the peonies. Okay, so, hi, peonies. We, peonies is, there are actual peonies on the table where we're recording. We're not, like, giving our non-existent audience a nickname. Although now we are. You guys are peonies. Welcome. Anyway, so we're opening in the Cohen Stronghold. I'm back. And every time, I do also want to add, you all right? My goddamn elbow. I'm fine, I'm fine. Keep going, you're doing great. No getting maimed in the recording of this podcast. <laughs> My elbows are just too long for their own good. I guess. You're, they're long and lithe and sexy. We're in the Cohen, the Cohen stronghold. Cohen stronghold. Stronghold do Cohen. I do want to take a sidebar and discuss the fact that I think 90% of every scene that Sandro Anthony Cohen is in in this episode, his hair is wet. Yep. And he's just come back from surfing. Yeah. Do we think that do we think that something was No, yeah, no. You yes, he just surfs a lot in this episode. He surfs a lot in this episode. It's yeah. a weird little consistent character beat. So they're in the breakfast nook, they're freaking out about how Julie and Caleb Nichols' wedding is two weeks away. And Julie is not Julie. Kirsten is Freaking out 
particularly hard. I think this might be the scene where she... No, that's the next scene. Where she learns that she's going to be the maid of honor. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is the next scene, yeah. Yes, that's the next scene. Uh, Sandy has decided that he likes Caleb Nickel because he is paying a lot of money. For the lighthouse. Yes. Did we learn... Did we learn last episode, or did we know this earlier, that Sandy's actual first name in the show is Sanford? We learned it earlier than that, but we refused to accept it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's Sandry Anthony Cohen. Like, obviously, that's our canonical name for him. Yep. Anyway, just thinking about that, I'm like, what does that... What are the connotations for that? And, like, just Sandy's whole deal, you know? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. It is neither here nor there. Uh, Seth starts attempting to do a family tree for everyone. Uh, Julia's going to be Sandy's mother-in-law. Marissa is now Seth's aunt. And he's like, I don't know what that relationship makes Marissa to Ryan. Mm Mm-hmm. And etc. And doesn't doesn't Kirsten say something like, I'm going to throw up? Yes. (laughs) So all of this is happening. And then there is a telephone call for one Sandra Anthony Cohen Esquire. Yep. 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 Because now that he has given up the rights to the meatloaf and two martinis restaurant, he is a lawyer again. He is. Yes. Um, and the person who is calling is Teresa. And who is it for? Our um, our previously on was very, very long this episode because we needed to touch on the Teresa subplot. We needed to touch on the Ryan and Marissa are back together subplot. We needed to touch on the Seth and uh, Summer meet summer's dad no, this is, sorry i'm just talking about on the the previously on yeah there was an instance where they showed the thing where uh seth said to summer were you uh, summer said to seth was i really mean to you he said no you just basically ignored me they yeah, played that uh, back yeah. again yeah 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 um we needed to touch on the fucking um Haley yes Haley yes thank you Haley Jimmy subplot it was a very long previously on anyway I was like how we're gonna dredge up this fucking this goddamn show when it pretends to tie up a loose end it just cuts that loose end loose again like it Uh fucking loves to do it Uh uh-huh so yes it's Teresa on the phone Sandy's like, ah, set the Risa, get that the Ryan for ya. And she's like, well, actually, I'm calling for you. Now, and she's only being filmed from one side of her face. Yep, she's on a payphone. Yep. Which no longer exists. She's being shot from the left side. Uh, she No, sorry, from the right side. She's on the phone. Um, Sandy's like, oh, yeah, of course. What can I do for you? Get all. And uh, she's like, I um, I could potentially use some legal advice here. Uh, I want to I want to put a button on one thing about Teresa right now. Button it up. 
and I'm not sure if I'm using that phrase correctly, but we're just going to pretend For that a, I am. a pin or an asterisk? I, the, no, I, but the, she is 17. Correct. Through yes. this whole thing. Yes, she right? very is. Yes, correct. And yes. literally no one says, don't go back to this person. You're 17. I don't think that the show... How to say this? Cares? <laughs> well, like, okay, this is my thought. Um, the show... The show wants its teen demographic to feel very adult. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? It does. And if any of the characters... If any of the characters point if any of the characters insinuate that Teresa is less capable of making decisions or um it's you know at, at an inappropriate age to get married then suddenly that sort of Finish this thought for me because I think you can. Can you see where I'm going? Yeah. It would it would undermine her maturity. Yeah. And the show wants its teen viewers to feel mature because but, they're getting into very mature scenarios. But there's also a really gross fucking racial element to it. I think, in addition, right? Because it's implied that because she's Hispanic and she had the. Uh, the, the party with her whole family for the engagement is just acceptable mm-hmm. to get married that young mm-hmm. in that culture, mm-hmm. says the OC writers. You think? You think that's what it is? I, I, I do. I think it's very deliberate that she's not white or blonde. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, the point of all of this is um, after Teresa hangs up the phone with Sandy, she turns and we can see the first of the many ways that the makeup department decided to give her a black eye. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it is not different consistent. every single time. Every single fucking scene. But she has a black eye. So we're. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she what? She picked up some hours at the. She's this comes up later. Where is it? Catering at the bakery. Yes. And she, which I, that's just absolutely convenience. Catering jobs aren't at bakeries. You bake a thing and then you drive the thing to the thing. Yeah. They don't hire caterers. No. Kathy, if you're listening to this and you have information about bakeries or caterers, text us. Miss Cupcake, if for some reason you are inexplicably listening to this podcast, <laughs> the person that catered our wedding or, or or made the cupcake tower for our wedding. Yeah. Yes, we got married in 2014. So, yes, we had a fucking cupcake tower. They were tiny and adorable, and some of them are were vegan, and I will not hear a word about it. We barely got to eat any of them because we were the ones getting married, which means we barely had any of the food that we paid for. <laughs> but anyway, anyway... Yes, we know a thing or two about uh-huh. fucking catering because we've had it done for <laughs> Once, our wedding <laughs> almost nine years ago. So we're pretty we're pretty in the know about these things. Our knowledge is unimpeachable. Correct. Yes. Okay. Very good. 
Okay, so then we go from the reveal of the black guy to the title sequence to California. And also even the the title song is also weird in this episode. It, they they have to add like a weird little half measure specifically because of the number of actors and um guest, guest stars there are in this episode yeah <laughs> and it's a weird little super half measure that's just like doesn't sound good anyway it's jam-packed this episode is everyone's in this goddamn thing uh, the people we've never seen before and we'll probably never see again are in this goddamn <laughs> thing um so now kirsten is in her office talking on the phone and julie comes in freaking out oh my god i can't get it the wedding is in two weeks and i can't do that it's only two weeks kirsten and then can you even believe that it's only two weeks and i don't have the time for the things like what is the rationale it's never answered they never say why it has to be in two weeks no no it doesn't actually make any sense no nope. why it's in two weeks it doesn't they they didn't have to make it in two weeks is the thing but for the plot there but for the sake of the plot go i yes yes indeed yes yep um uh, my reference material says two things. One, phone! And two, then don't get married on short notice, idiot! <laughs> so that's delightful. I love that. And that this is when Julie drops that Kirsten is going to be her maid of honor and Kirsten is like, oh my fucking god. Yes. I can't believe... Jesus, yes. what about your daughter? And Julie She's is like, like yep. uh, well, she agreed to participate. I'm not really your favorite person right now. Which... Fair. She did fuck her boyfriend. But it's also not... It's not consistent with Julie's character. The thing that we have learned about Julie Cooper Mm -hmm. is that she stands for tradition and optics. Mm -hmm. The optics dictate that her daughter is her maid of honor. Because they're the closest people in their family to each other. Hmm. Caitlin is not even considered because, you know, maybe she'll be the flower girl or something. You think? <laughs> I'm going to take bets now on whether or not Caitlin even is in the wedding <laughs> episode. Or if she's riding her fucking pony or something like that. <laughs> Oh, she would have come, but it's dressage this week. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Caleb has already... She's in the Olympics <laughs> doing horse dancing. Horse dancing. <laughs> it's a new sport they've just introduced. <laughs> They're dancing to Britney Spears. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, Britney Spears from Breath of the Wild. She was our first horse. She was our first horse, and she was taken from us w- wickedly by a glitch. Uh-huh. Wherein she got stuck. Did we talk about this on Prodolaru already? I don't recall. Whatever, it's worth talking about it again. Pour one out for Britney Spears, our first horse that we ever got before we knew that you could register horses, that there were even fucking yep. stables. It was spelled Brit-nay. Yep. Because horse. Yep. Because we're insanely clever. Yep. 
Anyway. She got stuck under a bridge. She got stuck under a bridge. In a glitch. Mm-hmm. For dog. like two days. And then she was gone and we figured she got herself out from under the bridge. <laughs> because the alternative was too sad to consider. <laughs> anyway. Caleb has made arrangements for the uh, wedding shower to be at the country club. And yep. Julie mentions she does not want like, uh, you know diaper games oh that's baby showers well she she, she doesn't want um she says something very funny games about making whoopee yes like wow and games about making whoopee and kirsten turns a little bit more green when she says that yeah. i think <laughs> yes she does she wants it to be a classy couple's cocktail party so that is what they go with and then we go to the student lounge at the Harbor School. Yep. Where we have fully given up on the pretense of anybody being in a class. Correct. Yep. Uh, Marissa is not thrilled about Julie volunteering her to help Kirsten with the shower. Yep. Um, and she hasn't told Jimmy that she's moving out, which mm. is a plot point that does not get resolved in this episode. No. Um, May in a later episode, we'll find out. Yep. So they have that little conversation, and then they traipse off to place a Miss Pac-Man. And then we pan to Seth and Summer on a couch, and Seth is pissed that Ryan is happy. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? He's like, I don't like this. They're smiling. She should be crying. He should be fuming or brooding. What does he say? Brooding? Brooding, yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. Summer should fully slug him in the face. Yeah. Like, wow, you're a shitty friend. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. She doesn't. It's it's a it's a heel turn, but we hate Seth, so it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, no, I mean whatever. He's a piece of shit. Um, then while he is, you know, monologuing about this, Summer gets a phone call from her dad mm-hmm. on her tiny flip phone. Yep, her itsy bitsy little flip phone, and it's. Oh, it is a weirdly flirty conversation. It really is. Yes, it is. Yeah. They could have done some better stock lines for this. I Another thing that I'm going to point out about this episode is that's introduced like weird flirty dad things and weird like father daughter dynamics and i think this is the first episode that we have full-on fat phobia yes it took 25 episodes for us to get there yes correct but we'll get there in a little bit we will get there it's it's Uh, some milestones are achieved here everybody yay that's what we've all wanted yay so they Uh, i do go ahead (laughs) when she mentions so she's on the phone when she gets off the phone, he's like, who was that? She's like, it was my dad. And he says something at one point. I was starting to think that you didn't have parents. <laughs> and I was like, us too, Seth. Yeah. Yeah. Us fucking too. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. She mentioned something here also about how her mother is in a 
mental institute not like a like a like she's a in like rehab. a juice cleanse or yeah, something, something like, like, that. like that i can't remember yeah because she has anxiety and the way that summer says it is um anxiety is a thing to be laughed at so. yeah yep yep it is we it's a we, thing to be made fun of we love this yep for everyone yep it's great this television program Who doesn't love it i tell you um so then they arrange for seth to meet summer's dad at a lunch at the country club and that is oh no seth is just uh cajoling summer at this point into arranging a meetup yes. and uh, harping on the fact that parents love him yep He's like, I'm the best. Parents love me. And Summer keeps alluding to the fact that the, her dad is her best friend. Mm-hmm. Her dad really loves her. Their favorite thing to talk about is her. That's their shared yep. interest. Love language, whatever. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and Seth is not picking up what she is putting down. She is dropping all kinds of hints, but that will all come up later. Yes, it will. What happens next? Do you remember? I don't. Okay. Um, Sandy and Teresa meet up. Yes. Okay. And she tells the story of how she got the black eye. So in the space of, I don't know, was it fucking two, three weeks ago in the... uh, uh, the episode, world of what, this the, the, yeah, sorry keep going world of this television show that he was the most stable option between uh eddie was the most stable option between eddie and ryan yeah at the wedding party engagement party engagement there we go. party the whole point of that episode is we were led to believe that eddie was a good guy yeah and that eddie loves Teresa, and that Teresa was meant to be with eddie so this feels a little like retconning i was that's exactly the term i was going to use it's mm-hmm. like this fucking show retconned itself like two weeks later uh-huh yeah and, and this, yeah. this is not the first time or the last time nope that it's going to happen nope and we're just gonna have to roll with it yep. because now eddie is an abusive nightmare monster and that lost. was just very sudden yep he lost his job, he lost his apartment, and then he punched Teresa in the eye and gave her a black eye. Yeah, not cool. Um, Teresa asks, what would happen if she were to press charges? And Sandy gives a very vague answer, uh, but it's vague because she's vague. Yeah, well, I don't know, any number of things. Uh, restraining to- order, you could go to prison. <laughs> I could fire him out of a cannon in a circus. Many things could happen. <laughs> Legally, that is an option. Yes. Yes. Her choice, whether yes. or not she wants to fire him out of a cannon in a circus. And you get, we get the general impression that she does not actually want to leave him because I think she says it's complicated. Yeah, okay. So really quick question. Do we think she's pregnant with, Abby, with Eddie's child? Ooh. Because that's the only thing I could think of that would conflict somebody to this degree. And she's very, very wibbly-wobbly about 
whenever anyone is like, what the fuck do you mean it's complicated? He's beating you. Like, yeah. this not complicated. And this is well before society was having the conversation about why I stayed, right? Yeah. You know, all of those things. But again, yeah, she's 17. That's a very astute observation. And also, you would think that at least one adult, again, Sandy, who has maybe seen a pre- pregnant teenager in one or two of his years yeah. would have picked up on that shit. But I wonder if I wonder if A, you're correct, and B, if they're gonna fucking drop it on us. Are you Googling? Is Teresa pregnant? What are you doing? <laughs> no. Keep going. <laughs> we'll see if they drop this shit on us two episodes from now. So you really you really are you just are you just being kind and you're not spoiling me, or do you literally not remember? It's fine if you don't remember. You saw this thing, goddamn, you know, over a decade ago. One of those two things is correct. Oh. Either I don't remember or it happens. All right. All right. Well, if it does happen, thank you for your discretion. Mm. I appreciate that. I can neither confirm nor deny. I appreciate that. On the advice of my counsel. I appreciate that. My counsel is the peonies. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you, peonies. <laughs> um, so now we are at... Oh, and she, uh, really quick, oh. before the end, this is important, obviously, for the rest of the plot. She says, please don't tell Ryan. Yes. Because, of course, she does. And because Sandy is an adult and a lawyer, he is honor-bound and legally bound not to disclose this information to any third party. She's not his client. She's just asking for advice. But this is Sandy is responding with the part of him that, again, does not want to see Ryan in juvenile hall again, I think, more than anything. Yep. So now we're at Jimmy's sad bachelor. Pad of sad. Pad of sad, which has not gotten any less sad. (laughs) getting grayer by the episode yeah new shades of dark gray are seeping through the walls of this place of sadness yes so jimmy and Haley are having making outsies yeah they're on the smooch train there's two two tickets to the smooch train and he's starting to he pulls down one of her spaghetti strap tank tops Uh uh-huh toot toot beep beep yep Tickets, please! <laughs> All aboard! <laughs> um, Jimmy wants to move to the bedroom. Humana, humana. <laughs> yep. But uh, Haley points out that Marissa is going to be home soon and they probably should not. So then they smooch a little bit more and lo, whom pops through the door? What? Hark! It is a Marissa. What what uh, what light through yonder sad apartment door breaks? It's Lo- Marissa, <laughs> and low rise jeans are upon. Hey, <laughs> and there's a fair number of low rise jeans in this episode. Anyway, the, uh, and a low rise dress. It's so fucking strange. But it's, anyway, we'll get there. Yep. Um, their cover. <laughs> Is that Haley came over to help with the dripping faucet. Right. (laughs) And what does Marissa say to Jimmy after 
Haley exits, like you need to he's get like, better at lying. He's or like, something. you two need to improve your improv. You two you, need to get better at improv. And pot kettle, like Marissa should not be giving anyone instructions on acting. But <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, she was very young and very troubled. <laughs> but I can still say her act. She's not very good at acting. That's fine. It's fine. Uh, she says, despite the fact that they're trying to do shitty lying to cover it up, she says she's happy for him. Do we think she's happy for him? I was going to ask the same question. That's going to be one of the really big conversation topics of this episode is how often is Marissa lying to kind of cover up? How often is she lying to those around her? And is she at the same time lying to herself? You know? To sort of convince herself that things are the way that they were supposed to be, mm-hmm. you know. Um, obviously, she doesn't want to see her dad and mom get back together because she hates her mom. Uh, she seems to be a real big fan of her dad because despite the fact that he stole millions of dollars from community members that they loved and trusted, and he's the one the that took her hair. in. And she, he also never fucked um, her ex-boyfriend. So that's a big one. That would be a very different show. Wow, what a! Could you imagine if it was Jimmy that fucked Luke, and the, vice versa? The, they would cancel it after like forty-five minutes into that episode because of all of the homophobia. <laughs> it would just cut to the <laughs> the cartoon of the dog pulling the plug from the camera. <laughs> Whoops! Technical difficulties. We'll be back. And then it's just a Looney Tunes episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, so she says, I'm happy for you. Mariska Barton, Miss Mil- Milshka, Mils- Miska, Misha. Mishka Barton does a pretty good facey acty job in this episode and body acty job of contradicting what her mouthy acting is saying, right? So the lines are, I'm happy for you. I think she does. I think she does a good job of leading the audience to question, is she being honest or not? Okay. Because that makes this episode more interesting to watch. If she was, if she was like really openly like, yay, I'm really happy for you. That's less interesting than, is she a little conflicted about this? But it's on a high school production of our town level of wooden (laughs) yes of course yes yeah yes oh no i mean she's essentially a marionette but like again you said she's very young yeah um going through things in her personal life etc probably being held to some like ridiculous standard of thinness by the time and oh for sure those low-rise jeans are not helping anybody no we're not marissa shaming no, we're not Marissa shaming. No, we're we're two thousands shaming. Yep. And and let me also unequivocally say, uh, you get to wear, wear low rise jeans no matter what your body is. If you like them and if you feel good in them, please wear low rise jeans. Um, I hope they don't pinch your sciatic nerve because apparently that was something that was happening. So just take care of yourself if you do want to wear low rise jeans. Um, all bodies are good bodies. Um, they're maybe doing do what some they're stretches. supposed to be doing. Yeah, maybe do some <laughs> stretches. Yeah, so I'm neither I'm neither low rise jean shaming nor are we Marissa shaming. Um, this is purely 2003 to, to the, the early 2000s relationship with um, fat bodies, essentially. Oh, I think we get to shame the person who created the fucking low rise jeans. I don't know. I wore them and I liked them. 
I liked the way that I looked in them. You will have to show me a picture off pod. Because God, I don't even know if I fucking have one. See. Oh shit, I might have to find one on my live journal. <sighs> Which is I think it still exists. Listeners, DM us <laughs> at <laughs> O Y G W W T O C dot Tumblr dot com and we'll send you Evan's live journal address. <laughs> oh the hell we will <laughs> Okay, back to the plot. Back to this fucking show that we watched. The next morning, Seth is panicking about what to wear to Country Club lunch country club lunch. Yes, correct. With Mr. Summer. And then, right, the, the, what are you doing? I found my live journal. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening. Oh, God, it's covered in ads. Oh, Jesus. I mean, what did you think that happened to live journal? Let us pause for station identification while Evan well, reads his live journal. I mean, most of the... It looks like most of the images are broken now. Boo. Because wherever wherever they were being hosted is very not a thing anymore. Imagebucket.rus. Christ, my last fucking posts were in 2009. Wow. Yeah. Okay, Seth is panicking about what he's going to wear to the country club. And yes. Ryan doesn't want shit to do with it. And the doorbell rings and... Uh, he has to warn Marissa that Julie is in the house working on the wedding stuff. And Marissa's like, all I want to do is get back at her. And Kirsten puts Marissa in charge of the guest list. And whom does she invite? <laughs> right, They're trying to remember anybody that she could fucking invite. Because evidently Julie has burned a lot of bridges uh, over the years. She mentions in an earlier scene that why wouldn't Kirsten be her maid of honor, their best friends? Oh, God. I forgot about my... my not downstairs neighbor in 2008. Do you need a Okay, we'll, no, we'll go through this later. Okay, okay. putting down the phone. Kay. Putting down the phone. Kay. Yes, they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to dredge up people that they can invite, and Marissa gets sort of the light bulb moment above her head, and she's like... Aunt Clandry. Cindy. Thank you. Hey, I knew it had a C and a D <laughs> and an I and a, a Y sound. Yes. So she's like, we'll call Aunt Clandry. She's the um, she's the best. We love her. And she's fun at parties. And Julie will definitely be okay with this decision. And yep. is the implication that's yep. happening. Yep. Viewer. She will not be. No. Spoiler alert. She will not be. Reader. They don't get along. (laughs) (laughs) That was such... That pause was so meaningful and I could have come up with something with so much more gravitas. No, we're not. We're not that clever. No, we're not. What am I? What am I saying? We're we're painfully clever. Orange, you glad we watched the OC? We're not that clever. <laughs> we're really selling it. Yep. So now, Caleb is meeting up with Sam, Sandy and Jimmy to write them checks for two point five milli for the uh, 
two meatloafs and two martinis. <laughs> I have logistical questions about this. Yes. Wouldn't... Would you write a check? For $2.5 million? Yeah. Um... Well, like if it was Publishers Clearing House and it was like a person walking up your driveway with a giant 2.5 mil cardboard check, possibly. I mean, we're the kind of poor where even my business bank account won't let me deposit something higher than $3,000 because we're, they think it's fraud. We're both going to get push notifications from our bank because we said the phrase $2.5 million allowed. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it'd be the credit union just going, bling, bling. You'll never have that much, mo- that much money. Just letting us know, bling, bling, you're poor. Oh, oh, honey, we're poor. Oh, good. Anyway. Um, Thanks, credit union. No, I'm assuming that they bank with the kind of financial institutions that are comfortable and used to yeah. dealing with transactions of this size. And also for the sake of a dumb audience, you need a visual that's yeah. a check. <laughs> Other than just a sack of money. Or like Here a, we go, boys. It's yeah. all in there. Or like a wire transfer or whatever. <laughs> uh, San- and uh, yeah, Sandy's like, Cal, what the fuck is wrong with you? This is more than twice what we actually put into it. And what yeah. does he say? He's like, I'm feeling generous. Must be all be must be all that love I'm in. Must be all the dick <laughs> I'm getting. Must be all the pegging. <laughs> you call, oh, what is he? Yeah, he's like you call me at a good time. I'm deeply in love, or something like that. <laughs> love makes you stupid. It sounds very you. You're approximating the emotional range that he has when he says this <laughs> really closely. Uh, thank you. A um, B. So sort of it's the theme of this episode. Are we believing people with what they are saying? Um, Sandy, when Cal leaves to go pick out different colors of beige, as he says, um, for the the napkins or something like that, um, Sandy is definitely suspicious of Cal's motivations and he thinks he's up to something. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm looking away from the microphone, incidentally, is because I'm trying not to breathe with full flared nostrils. When I'm looking away, it's because I want to see if there are any birds on the bird feeder. Okay. Because I don't give a shit. Because I just blew my nose directly into the goddamn microphone. Oh my god. Because I'm so fucking professional. You don't want to cut that out? No, it's fine. No? No. All right. That was for you, Kathy. I love you. (laughs) Oh, just so everybody knows. So there's... How many episodes are left before the final episode of the season? This is number 25. There are 27 episodes. So we have one more. The next episode is the penultimate episode. So did we already say in earlier episodes what we were planning on doing for the final episode? We're bringing Steve. Yeah. So we're going to drag my brother Steve into the show. He's going to watch one episode of this season. It will be the last episode. He will come in knowing literally nothing about anything. And we will get his take on that episode. And it will... It'll be an episode. It will be an episode. We'll see what comes of it. It's going to be great. He might hate it. He might like it. It doesn't matter. It'll and be a change of pace for anybody if you're still listening to this. You know... um. If the fates allow us to do it, 
next year, Steve will be on all four season-ending episodes. We're hoping. We're hoping. We are hoping. Okay. There was never a movie, right? No. Yeah. Thank fucking Christ. So do the boys talk about anything else after Caleb leaves and they're looking at their fat lucre? Yes. Um, they talk about... Jimmy is extremely grateful to have a bunch of money, although, like, he still doesn't have a job. They live in an extremely expensive community. It is early 2000s, but I don't know how far 2.5 million will go. Mm -hmm. And did they each get it or is it split between the two of them? That's unclear. Yeah. The way they're reacting makes me think that it was 2.5 for each of them. Yeah. Because they were, Sandy was like, whoa, that's more than twice what we paid for it. Mm -hmm. That, what was that voice? That was a good, no, it was fine. You did a good job. You did a good job. I'm proud of you. Um, so Jimmy says that Sandy can go back to doing what he loves, which is uh, work, which uh, everyone I I was going to get away from work. Everyone has conveniently forgotten that he is still stuck in (laughs) the, uh, hoity polloity, uh, law firm and no longer helping troubled kids yep and jimmy has no frame of reference for Teresa yep. at all yep so this is a dumbass thing for the writers to make him say correct so that's fun uh yeah it really you know what okay can i just just between the two of us yeah i'm a little upset that they didn't get to own and operate a restaurant like they spent so fucking long in this season mm-hmm. working on this stupid fucking lighthouse restaurant, uh-huh. talking about their stupid fucking drinks yep. and their stupid fucking dueling meatloafs. And I thought we were going to get the buddy comedy of every now and then but having scenes at the restaurant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Wait, do that one more time. Meatloaf. <laughs> it was really good. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I feel a little fucking cheated. I yeah. feel a little fucking baited and switched because they were. I was hoping that they would get to be like buddies so that, think, running this restaurant. So here's my best ecl- explanation that I have for you. Test audiences throughout this season increasingly do not give a fuck <laughs> about the adult subplot. They are trying to pander more towards the kids. Yeah. They're probably, and this is me genuinely not remembering what happens. I think they use the lighthouse as like a set piece for a few scenes going forward. Mm-hmm. Like people are like, Oh, we're going to take this character to the lighthouse and, yeah. Maybe there will be martinis and maybe there won't be. I don't know. I don't remember what they do with it. But yeah. it's really just they want more teen, less adult. Yeah, that's fair. Um, da. Da. Yes. So now we're in back in the Cohen living room as opposed to the kitchen. Okay. And Aunt Cindy. 
is here. Yes. And she's already drunk. And she's wearing a t-shirt that says like Pisces fuck better or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's along those lines. Yes. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. So we are led to believe that she is an unserious person because she is deeply into astrology. Does. Okay, now this, it, I, people get to do what they want with their bodies. This actor yep. that plays Cindy. Yep. Do we feel she has had some sort of work that On makes it? Yes, thank yeah. you for saying yep. that. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. I was highly distracted yes by by her lips yep and like they don't look like they can move very much anymore like she can enunciate just fine and the acting was just fine it's no linda laven no 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 nobody is linda laven yeah but anyway so she's telling the children's the children's being kirsten kirsten about uh oh it's also stated in the scene that they have not spoken in seven years yes. julie and cindy yes um she's telling uh kirsten about julie's deaf leopard phase <laughs> her monster truck phase <laughs> yeah which those are no, not Monster Truck. That happens no, later. that happens later. I'm mostly... Aff- the thing that I'm offended most by in this episode is their categorization of Def Leppard as heavy metal. Oh, did they say that? Yes. Ouch. That shit is hair metal at best. Yep. Yep. You're not wrong. No. Justice for Def Leppard. Um, Cindy says she's pretty sure that the last thing that Julie said to her seven years ago was the fucking get lost. Yeah, get lost and never come back or something yep. like that. Yeah, so she's like, it's really surprising that she invited me to a wedding. Oh, Marissa is in this scene as well. They're both kind of listening wrapped to this because the person who walks through the door mm-hmm. in the middle of a Def Leppard story is Julie. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, as this is coming to light, Kirsten is sort of looking at uh, Marissa with eyes that are like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> yeah. Yes, and who should come through the door at <clears throat> just the perfect time? Julie Cooper! But one Julie Cooper. Julie Cooper is not happy. Oh, can we also say a little bit justice for Julie? Because... Okay, so obviously Marissa's not happy with her, with her mom right now. Okay, we get that. Um, and maybe I'm expecting way too much maturity, A, from the character, and B, from the writers that are writing this character. Mm-hmm. But um, when she comes over to the house initially, uh, and Julie is there, and she says, oh, you know, you came to help. Uh, and fucking Marissa has to say, Kirsten uh, called me to see if I'd like to help. I'm here to help Kirsten. It's like, dude, you just have to turn the knife every single time you get to see your fucking mom like Christ. She's going to be your mom for the rest of your stupid life. She does have to turn the screw because there are two things happening. Number one, she's 17. Uh Uh-huh. And all like 
Forty percent of seventeen-year-olds are fucking assholes, <laughs> or like sixty percent of their hours being awake. Sure, sure. B. Her mom just got done fucking her ex-boyfriend. I suppose. Yep. And is now marrying a terrifying old man. <laughs> yeah, like the most evil man in Newport. <laughs> Essentially, who is the Montgomery Burns of Newport? These are grounds. These are both fair grounds. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So, yes, then uh, because Julie's like, all right, fine, fuck my drag. She excuses herself. And it is that point that Marissa goes and invites Cindy. And then so Julie walks through the door, sees Cindy. And her first words are, what the hell are you doing here? (laughs) Yeah, and Kirsten by now has fully put two and two together and is like, Staring daggers at Marissa, who is like conveniently looking down at whatever she is looking at on her lap and not making eye contact. She's taking up a yo-yo. <laughs> she is whistling and, you know, staring off screen and doing walking the dog with her conveniently found yo-yo. Around the world. <laughs> Oh, look, a harmonica. Can I play the harmonica? Let's find out. Don't raise this thing, this song, dude. Huh? <laughs> and then the way we close out of the scene is it is time for Marissa and Ryan to go pick up the cake yep. from the bakery. From the bakery catering. From the, the bake catering. The bake catering. Dun, dun, dun. She's like, you guys probably have a lot to catch up on. Bye. <laughs> I'm a little gremlin. <laughs> I did this on purpose. <laughs> We're going to gloss over this next scene because it was incredibly painful to watch. It, um, Seth and Summer and Summer's dad are at lunch. Oh, is that this scene? Yep, it jumps to that scene okay. because we're we're drawing out the viewer's dread of oh shit, they're going to the bakery. Um, but I do want to mention that there was there was one other insert scene earlier on where Summer and Seth were discussing uh, in greater detail uh, because uh, the, uh, uh, Summer enters Seth's room and is like, well, I just spoke with my dad and I just set up a, a date, right? Yeah. We're all going to go out to lunch. And she was, again, trying to really drive home that, like, this is a big deal to me. My dad means a lot to me. My dad's opinion means a lot to me. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I've never met. I've never introduced any of my boyfriends to my dad before. So... Maybe pick up what I'm putting down here. And Seth is like oblivious to everything. He's like, I'm he's still on the I'm fucking great with parents train. Yeah. But then he also I think he says here. You're the only girlfriend's the the, the hair dad is going to be the only girlfriend's parents that he's met. He said that to Ryan. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. So like know your strengths, Seth. Right. You don't have any. (laughs) Right. Unless the dad is going to be measuring your worth by length of torso. You're kind of fucked here. Yeah. So he spends the entire lunch scene just talking and talking and talking and he won't shut up. He brings up powers. Is that a Brian Michael Bendis? I don't know. Okay. I'm not a, I'm not a comic person. You are, you're a comic person. You should know. 
I want to say it's Brian Michael. You fill air for a second and want to okay. look it up. High on the mountain where the sun still shines. Oh, for God's sake. And the water runs a little lazy. Wide-eyed and lonely, running out of time. Holy shit, I'm right! Good job. Good Uh, job. So Brian Michael Bendis is a serious comic book person. There were swearses. (gasps) Cuss words. Cussin' wordsin'. Good gosh. He mentions a couple of other comic books and, like, his uh, summer's dad, like... Basically looks like he wants to skin him and roll him up around a chestnut and pretend he's bacon the whole time. Also, that actor looks like an understudy for actual Superman. But he's got gray hair. Yeah. So sure, I could like old Superman. Can Superman age in the Earth's yellow sun? I don't know. Maybe Superman in 2023 is like all the girlies have the gray hair. (laughs) He's dying his hair gray. Does a dye job. Okay, sure. What I'm saying is he's hot. Yes, absolutely. Like, and also a very distinct soap opera uh, villain way. Yeah. There's a lot of jawline happening. Like they may have, he may have trotted over from the set of Days of Our Lives on a break (laughs) to film this. We don't know. Um, so Jimmy and Haley are on their way to the Cohen house. Yep. For they're like, okay, we're gonna do this. Sorry, I apologize. I keep interrupting you. It's okay. They're uh, we don't know why they're there, but and we don't know why everyone is gathered there. I guess they live there, so sure. Um, Haley and Jimmy have decided that they are going to to take this opportunity to tell everyone that they're together. Our third co-host made a brief appearance, does not approve. Nope. Oh, you guys are only on 25? (laughs) Tell me when you're on 26. (laughs) That episode's full of drama. And uh, they inexplicably decide to make out at the doorstep. (laughs) And After they decide not to tell everyone, they're like, this isn't really the time or the moment. It's inappropriate. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. I'm glad we're both smart. Let's kiss on it. (laughs) (laughs) And then the door is thrown open and who catches them in the middle of smorching? But Julie and Kirsten. And Kirsten. Yep. Yep. Bump, 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 Fuck that up real bad. <laughs> so now we are in the bakery. Yep. Uh huh. Um, they're picking up the cake for, I assume, the wedding shower, bridal shower. I would is that what this is for? Yes. yes. Um, and lo and behold, whom? Well, now let's, okay. let's go into the details of okay. this because I feel it's important. Yeah. Because they'd made this choice on purpose and let's not just gloss over it. Mm-hmm. So the kids order the cake or they say they're here to pick up the cake. Uh, the attendant goes uh, to fetch said cake. There are samples of cake on top of the cake uh, display case. Right? Samples of chocolate cake, mm-hmm. if you remember. I, I, those to me, just to really nitpick this scene, 
those did not look like samples. There was no sign saying take one that that the viewer could see. I assumed that Marissa just decided she was entitled to cake slices. <laughs> well, we're going to generously read this as they were samples that were freely available. Marissa takes a bite of one. She's like, oh, this is really good. She puts it in Ryan's mouth. He's like, oh, that is really good. Then they start doing this weird... Extremely forced, like, oh, we're so wacky and in love, and we're going to force cake into each other's mouths. (laughs) 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 Cake fight. (laughs) And yeah, yeah, right. It's very uncomfortable and forced, and there's nothing organic about it. The directing was just... (laughs) Get, you could have gotten literally anything out of your actors. You didn't. You chose not to. <laughs> you chose not to. I assume this scene went on for 11 hours and this was the best take. <laughs> They're really eyes wide shut at it. Just again and again and again and again until it's their dead eyes looking at each other. They've yeah. eaten so much cake. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yes, it is while they're like, <laughs> oh, we're so in love. <laughs> That is when whom should come upon's butt. Teresa. Teresa in her little catering outfit. I guess. It's like, it's like she's dressed. She isn't dressed like somebody that works at a catering place. She's dressed like she works like a fucking, she, she's dressed like she works at a fucking diner in the 50s. And she's about to go fill up someone's coffee and say, top you off, hun. That's what she's fucking dressed like. And that's probably deliberate because the frame of reference for the viewer is downtrodden, you know, second shift waitress who's getting fucking beaten by her mm-hmm. significant other. Yeah, by her unemployed fiance. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I I think th- this is an official addendum to the list of Things that the writers don't know anything about. Ready? Go for it. Catering jobs. Yeah, jobs full stop would maybe be (laughs) on that list. (laughs) If I recall when Ryan visited Eddie at his job, I don't know, was Eddie like (laughs) hitting a tire with like a ball-peen hammer? He was doing CrossFit. (laughs) (laughs) He was rotating tires by which he was just Spinning them on the ground. Those <laughs> car's tires need to be rotated. I spin, was, spin, spin. I was trying to fix this carburetor with a faucet, <laughs> but it wasn't working. <laughs> Fucking. Oh, also, side note um, the actor Balfour, Eric Balfour. The actor who played Eddie is not to be seen anywhere in this episode. I believe this is because he got cast in Six Feet Under. Ah. So he's never coming back. No. To this show. Nope, 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 nope. Nope. So. This is where Ryan and Marissa talk, right? Or sorry, not Mariah. Ryan confronts Teresa. Yeah. And I have, uh, I don't know how to phrase this without sounding insensitive. Just do it. It's bo- it- Just say it. it. We're on a podcast. We're okay. here to shove our feet fully in our whole mouths. It, 
Newport is really obsessed with optics, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is what we know about Newport. Yep. Even if you're a caterer, a caterer, baking caterer, whatever a baker or a caterer does, in the background, you showed up with a visible black eye. Yes, thank you. I was thinking exactly the same thing. Would they, they would not let you go to work. No. Or they at least would say, fucking put some concealer put on some that fucking bullshit. Concealer on that. You're making our customers uncomfortable. Yeah. That is what they would say. Yeah. They wouldn't say that shit for your benefit. No. They'd say that shit because they don't want their customers getting squicked out by the fact that you're being beaten. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly. Yeah. For yes. Sure. I was thinking exactly the same thing. I don't think that's insensitive. She would absolutely have put concealer on. But again, it is for pure plot convenience that yep. Ryan looks at her and sees a black eye and is like, what the fuck? Correct. Teresa. <laughs> Teresa. What the fuck? Stella. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, what happened? Is it Eddie? <laughs> and she's like, I didn't want to get you involved, but I guess Sandy taunts you anyway. Sandy know about this. <laughs> That's my Ryan voice, remember? Yes, I've been doing I, that. I know, it just gets more and more Batman y every time. <laughs> You've been working on your character development. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, now Ryan is pissed at Sandy and Teresa. Yeah. And I think the scene ends with the three of them kind of staring at each other because Marissa is still in this scene also. (laughs) Whoops. I don't remember how the scene actually ends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Marissa's like, well, looks like I'm here too. So we can't remember exactly what happened, but it's something along those lines. It's very awkward and blah, blah, blah. Um, So now we are back at the Cohen household. And Sandy has come in from surfing for the 35th time <laughs> in this episode. We get it. You surf. Um, he is still thinking about Teresa's situation, and he decides to drive over to Chino to, uh, as he insists, to Kirsten legally or ethically, or I don't remember exactly what he says, uh, confront Eddie mm-hmm. and... Kirsten is like, the fuck you're going to? (laughs) (laughs) You have no grounds to do this. And he's like, and she's like, talk to fucking Ryan or talk to fucking Teresa, but do not go talk to Eddie. Yeah. Essentially what she's like, you're like, what are you going to do? I think you're, yeah. Something along the lines of, I think you're, um, I think I think you're you're putting your attentions in the wrong direction. Yeah. Teresa would love to hear from you. Why don't you invite her to the Oh yeah. thingamajigger? Yeah. That's what she says. And he takes her excellent advice. Yes. But not before trying to talk to Ryan who is Ryaning about. <laughs> um Ryan is mad because he has to do something and I have to do something. And Sandy's like, the fuck you're going to, because the thing that you're going to do is if you drive to Chino, you're going to punch Eddie in the fucking face. And then his people are going to jump you. And then you're going to end up like getting run over by a monster truck and or back in juvie. And he's not wrong. He is not wrong. Because, yeah, let's not forget. 
The show loves to gloss over the fact and has forgotten on multiple occasions that Ryan is, for all intents and purposes, still very much on thin ice. Yeah. Like, let's, let, let, let's not forget, he did burn down a house in episode two. Episode two, he burned down a house. And he has punched several of people at yes, pool parties. Correct, yes. Yes. Yeah. So, maybe he's on thin ice legally, but maybe they've come to view him as their puppy who punches things. <laughs> the whole community. Oh, that Ryan. Here he goes. Punching again. <laughs> Aww, Aww, Ryan punch. Ryan, look at him go. Look at him go. <laughs> you little guy, he just loves to punch. And the community has lost Luke, who also did punch. Yeah, gosh, they're down to just one little punchy kid now. Yeah. It's too bad. He needs a punch friend. <laughs> I'm still, part of me is still hoping Luke shows up at the wedding. Just <laughs> out of the goddamn blue. <laughs> just because he give, doesn't give a fuck. Just like... Fuck it, I'm Luke. I'm I Luke. Don't think that actor really went on to do much else after this. It's a shame. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, he also says, uh, Sandy points out correctly that Teresa has to be the person who is going to figure out what she's going to do. Ryan has fuck all to do with it. Yeah. Yep. And again, this would all be excellent advice <laughs> if she weren't 17. <laughs> God. Yeah. Yes, no, very correct. All right, Seth is heading over to Summer's place to pick her up for the bridal shower and is like uh, bouncing off the walls, waiting for pleading for information mm -hmm. about what Summer's mm -hmm. dad thought mm -hmm. of him and Summer has bup kiss for him. Yeah, she's really ignoring him. Yeah. Like heavily ignoring him. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's giving him very little response. Yes. What, what, what would you call that? She's not externally like displaying anger. Yeah. She seems kind of embarrassed, mm -hmm. which Seth is embarrassing. Yeah. So, oh, painfully so. Yeah. Painfully so. Um, so that scene happens. Teresa arrives at the Cohen house and talks to Ryan, where she says everything that Sandy said to Ryan earlier, mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm going to stay with Eddie. I'll take some self-defense classes mm -hmm. and they'll live happily ever after. Mm -hmm. um, is this, I think this is when Ryan gets extra pissed because he says he's done this to you before, or is that the catalyst that makes him leave the shower? That's the catalyst that makes him leave the shower. But no, he leaves the shower. No. Okay. No, you're right. Never mind. Okay. So, but um, Kirsten invites her to the shower and offers concealer, finally. Yeah, because what's her name? Teresa's like, I don't know. I'm not actually, I wouldn't actually like be. Um, she's like, I'm not looking my best. Yeah. 
And Kirsten's like saying what all of us have been thinking this entire fucking time is you're a 17 year old girl. You would have had concealer all fucking ready. Like you would have been wearing it this whole fucking time if you didn't want to get people involved. Like you keep saying you don't want to get people involved. And that's we're not going to give takeaway points from her for Mm -hmm. that. Mm-hmm. If this is the only way that she knows how to reach out for help, oh sure, by not sure. fucking concealing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right, all right. Yeah. This is not. We're not piling I'm, on yeah. Teresa. I'm willing to give the character that grace. Yeah. So yeah, the Kirsten is like, let's get you looking all pretty. Uh, by which I mean, let's really just wipe off that grease paint that the <laughs> makeup department slathered on your face. It's down to one black line under her eye. <laughs> it's like a fucking football player. <laughs> let's unleft eye your Lopez here. Uh, <laughs> and then we'll take you to the party. Yep. So now we're at the party. And there's, again, some, like, cut rate swingers music playing. <laughs> It's weirder than that. Yeah. Because it was like EDM-ish, but it was like that, it was that slice of of music from that era that took like, you're right, it, it took like swing era music. It took like samples from swing era music. Yeah. But it, it layered them on top of like trip hop beats. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, it was very, very strange. Uh, th- there's a song on the tip of my tongue. I'm not going to be able to get it. Like P- Pamplemousse, something like that. Bana Peruse. No. You'll find it later. Find You'll it. put it up on the Tumblr. It'll yes, be great. It'll be great. Um, so now we're at the bridal shower, having done our establishing shots of everybody in the fog. <laughs> because all the ADR happens in this scene, basically. Yes, yes. Um, we can assume that there was like a raging fire just off, just off scene. I guess. And it's all smoke. Or the Loch Ness Monster came and like, yeah. you know, One the Loch Ness things. Monster is big enough to change the weather patterns. No, for sure. Yeah. And she's Scottish. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um... <laughs> They, we show Caleb and Cindy talking to each other, and Julie and Kirsten are standing together, both observing this, and Jimmy and Haley in separate little pastiches. Yes. And Kirsten and Julie are unhappy about it. Yes. I love that they're, right, they're staring at their... Um, their individual, not embarrassments, but um, what am I trying to say? Not neither of them are happy with the situation as it has unfolded for different reasons. Yes, right. Correct. Um, Kirsten at one point has a conversation with fucking uh, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Right. Whatever. You know, we can we can jump here just because it's. I want to talk about it here. Yeah. Um, Jimmy finds Kirsten at one point and is like, oh boy, oh, what about this party, huh? Uh, what, what's his, what does he say? No. What's his stupid little remember. like icebreaker that he says before he goes into the, the, the meat of the conversation? I do not remember. Okay, it doesn't Sorry. matter. It's, it's completely un, unimportant because then he's like, so when are you and I going to talk about this? And, you know, and, and, and everything. Because um, I'm boning your sister. And, um, you know, Kirsten's like, 
fuck, what does she say? She says something along the lines of like, this isn't a jealousy thing or something like that. It's a, it, she says it's not a jealousy thing, but a thing where Haley is going to use you. To get back that, at me. So, in a really convoluted way, that is kind of a jealousy thing. It super is a jealousy thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. She, she immediately... You have to have a real... Kneecapped her own argument. You have to have a real, like an ego the size of fucking You have Pittsburgh. to be very self-centered to think that, yeah, your sister would come back and specifically court the man you're not with anymore have not been with for a long time the not father of your child your child has no knowledge of the weird dalliance that the two of you had mm-hmm. yeah it's a because they're not yeah. close no the mental Haley gymnastics here are, not are yeah yeah are confusing on kirsten's part yeah so it is. It reveals her actual motivation, which is it's a jealousy thing. Which she just a, doesn't like seeing Jimmy with her younger sister. Which is, I am uncomfortable when we are not about me. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. And Jimmy's like, I don't know. This feels really real. Yeah. And maybe you could just be happy for me. Yeah. And then Kirsten does this fucking thing where she's like, yeah, I'm happy for you. And moves away. And we zoom in on, on Jimmy's face. And his face says... It doesn't seem like you're actually happy for me. His hair does a little deflating. <laughs> His hair is not as bad in this episode as it has been in episodes past, but it's still not good. It's not good. It's still not good. So this is the most confusing part of the thing for me. Okay. Cindy starts this game. We're mm. back at the bridal shower. Yeah. Of how well do you know them? Yeah. The um, reference material that I'm reading is the problem is that Cindy only knows Riverside Julie and she's surrounded by a bunch of people who only know Newport Beach Julie. So mm-hmm. that's thing one. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it seems incredibly malicious. Yep. And the way she talks about it after the fact is like, oh, I'm sorry that I did that. Specifically, she says, I'm sorry about what happened back there. Yeah. This is the most man killed by bullets. Yeah. Uh, Or no, uh, 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 bystander accidentally uh, dies. Officer involved. By officer involved bullet. Yeah, it's the most fucking (laughs) passive voice fucking putting the blame on something else that this show has ever done. And because they're trying to fucking stuff, this is a fucking turducken. (laughs) What are we stuffing in what now? The, um... This is a foie gras goose of liver of a fucking episode. We have no room to call her out on this language and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Okay, yes, yes. yes. Okay, I get it, I get it, I get it. Um. So the game is how well do you know her? Mm-hmm. So everything that Cindy is saying is like, What's her fave? What was her first love? And then she's like, the entire eighth grade football team. Isn't she a slut, you guys? <laughs> right. And they're like, what's your favorite food? And someone's like, oh, oh, I know. Uh, it's like sea bass. roasted sea bass with 
cucumbers or something. Something like she's like, no, you stupid whore. It's a nasty, greasy, fatty burger. Fuck you. It's Burger King. Yeah, we skipped over the fat phobia, by the way. Yeah. That happens. No, 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 no. It happens twice towards the end. But it also happened when we first were introduced to Cindy. Oh, yeah. That's when she smokes. Yeah. And she smokes. She's like, can I smoke in the house? And Kirsten's like, no. And she's like, ha, 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 oh, well, I'm smoking. And then it's, I tried to quit, but then I gained 30 pounds. And who would want to have sex with that? Who would want to have sex with that? And it's like, wow. Yep. Jesus Christ. Love it. Love it. Anyway, so yeah, she's like, what is her favorite drink? And someone's like, ooh, a fine, a fine Dom Perignon. And she's like, no, bitch, it's Jaegerbomb. Nasty, shitty toilet water that a boy came in. That's her favorite fucking drink because she's a dirty slut. Is basically what Cindy is like. (laughs) So, Julie storms off Rightfully. after probably not I would have left much earlier but yeah she was like I don't have to sit here and be insulted they like were this. on a cliff side I would have perhaps pushed her <laughs> off of said cliff and then blamed it on the help <laughs> oops <laughs> look what Jeeves <laughs> you're so clumsy <laughs> What's the, um, shit, uh, 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 the, the Cohen's live-in maid. What's her name? Rosa? Rosa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Rosa, what have you done? <laughs> She's been dashed on the rocks below. Oh, no, Cindy. <laughs> My beautiful sister. None of this happens. Um, we go to Teresa and Marissa have been having kind of a quiet moment. Yep. Um, Ryan comes in and finds them and is like, I guess I was looking for both of you or whatever. Yeah. And again, it's so awkward. Yeah. He's like, I was looking for you. Both of you. It's like, dude, Christ, could you be more fucking awkward about this? No, he couldn't. He was the most awkward about it the first try. Uh-huh. Anyway, why is he looking for them? Um, immaterial, because Teresa's cell phone rings. Yes. And it's Eddie. Is that him? <laughs> and she's like, he's just probably, is he probably calling you apologize again? Because he's very apologetic. And he grabs her phone. In a very non-consensual and toxic way and flips it open and says, leave her alone. (laughs) She doesn't want to talk to you. And it hangs up and she's like, what the fuck did you just do? This is less Batman and increasingly more in a world. (laughs) That's that's the lowest my voice can go right now. Um... So, yeah, they have a huge yelling match 
because Ryan's like, are you going back to him? Has he hit you before? And she like doesn't say anything. And that's essentially confirmation that he has, which again, again, makes no sense. Does not compute or line up or Tetris piece (laughs) with anything that we know about Eddie other than he's older than Teresa. Yep. I lost my place. Talk for a second. Um, so this conversation ends with Ryan storming out in a huff. Um, we transition to another scene in between that. Uh, oh, it's perhaps um, where Cindy actually comes and apologizes to Julie. Is that the scene in between where Ryan gets the car keys? Well, I could talk about that scene briefly. So Cindy comes, yeah, does a super shitty apology. I'm sorry about what happened back in there. Oh, no. We get a bone of a gay panic before that because this is where uh, Ryan goes storming back out to the party and finds Marissa's keys in her purse. And Seth is sitting there and goes, oh, you carry a purse now? Yup. <laughs> and Ryan is off in... Marissa's Jeep Cherokee to go kick the shit out of Eddie. Well, and now we're skipping over some things again. I'm sorry to interrupt. Okay. Because Seth does try to stop him. Yes. Because Ryan's like, I've got to go. <laughs> I've got to kill him. <laughs> and Seth is like, no, you actually don't. Yeah. Um, you could do the thing that my dad said, which is don't go and don't get sent back to juvenile and don't go to the prison. And he grabs Ryan's arm and Ryan turns around in a very I will punch you way and says, let me go. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, let me go. (laughs) (laughs) That's for you, ASMR girls. Fine, dude. You got to be all fucking aggro about it. Yep. Stupid bitch. So now we are in the scene with Julie and Cindy. Okay. Yeah. Cindy comes upon. She's like, does a super half-assed apology, but she does say like, you sort of abandoned me in Riverside. We were both supposed to get out of Riverside together. Yeah. And Julie's like, I couldn't exactly take you too. And Cindy's like, I know, but I just kind of miss you sometimes. Sorry, I'm a horrible cunt. And then she sort of excuses herself kind of shittily. But it also doesn't totally make sense why she couldn't have taken her out. Because we are led to believe that before Jimmy's downfall, and Jimmy is the one who got Julie pregnant mm-hmm. back in the day, mm-hmm. that dude was wealthy as hell. Yeah. Came from wealthy stock, blah, blah, blah. Ah, but they were very young, let's not forget. But, yeah, but if they were both in a weird, like, if not abusive, then de- deprived, you know, poor situation. Oh, oh, the, the uh, Julian, Julian uh, Cindy. Cindy. Yeah. It would have made sense. Again, it's a, it's a nitpick, but it yeah. would have made sense to me if she would have said, okay, I'm leaving. You're coming with me. Sure. We'll fucking raise this baby. We'll, we'll go to interior design school and then. Yeah whatever yeah Cindy's like uh, I guess you're not I guess I'm not invited to the wedding and Caleb comes from down the stairs and he's like of course you're in, of course you're invited to the wedding I wouldn't have it any other way <laughs> you're invited to the wedding your family and he also tells Julie and this feels very pointed 
no matter what he learns about her, mm-hmm. he'll never walk away. Yeah. She's like, oh, so I guess Cindy's little diatribe must have been very revealing for you. Yeah. And he's like, I love that he calls her Juju. <laughs> he yeah. calls Kirsten Kiki. He calls Julie Juju. Anyway, I whatever. I like his stupid little pet names for these people. Yeah. It's very diminutive of them, but whatever. Um, he's like, uh, there's nothing I could learn about you that would that would make me leave. And like... Again, I'm sort of team Caleb Nickel. Um, I honestly, he's a shitty guy. He's a villain. Uh, he's very selfish, yada, yada, yada. I do think he has feelings for Julie. Yeah. And I do think he knows everything. Uh, well, maybe not. I don't like, know. Now I'm starting to double, double think or, or second guess myself. The way that the camera's on Julie at the end of the scene makes me think that she's still worried about something. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. The camera, yeah, yeah. The pregnant camera shot sort of definitely so, does a lot of work in this yeah, episode. If it's not Luke, then it's something that has yet to be revealed about Julie. Mm-hmm. She kicks puppies. <gasps> Caleb would be into that. Yeah, no, he would love that. Yeah. Oh, do the same thing <laughs> every Thursday. I love it. Me and the guys go down to Papi Kikas. It's a club <laughs> in Mexico. We can go keep puppies. <laughs> it's highly illegal. <laughs> I love it. We have some shrimp on the barbie. I'm really sorry. You done? It's. <laughs> You good? <laughs> you don't have to ask like that. <laughs> okay, we're in the home stretch here. Let's oh yeah, go. here we go. Here we go. Let's go. Um, Seth finds Summer sitting at a table at the party and is immediately shitty to her. Like, oh, I guess this reminds me of when you were ignoring me. I guess your dad didn't like me. I guess you've been avoiding me this whole party. <laughs> and essentially not letting her get a word in fucking edgewise. Yeah. Um, and she, Summer is like, I'm really close with my dad. I've been through everything together with him. And we don't know what that means because we have no sense of Summer's interior life yep. other than she... I would have been interested in like a prequel a summer prequel. Mm-hmm. But no, they would have fucked it up. The writers, whoever they would have drug into it, would have fucked it up. But Correct. she's a very interesting person. She knows how to fucking weld, basically. Is she just interesting because there's so little we know about her? And it's just well, sort of the mystery of it? it th- yeah. Yeah. And, well, they keep dropping details about her. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you candy striper? The fuck? Yeah, you 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 know about like in financial investments? The yeah, fuck? yeah. You read? <laughs> You're literate. <laughs> <laughs> um. So she finally communicates to Seth essentially that her dad, um, who's a plastic surgeon, incidentally, mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Roberts, is not a fan of Seth. No, and. Uh, her dad's opinion is very important to her. And Seth is like, well, and this makes me a little sad because he's right. Mm -hmm. He's right here. Yeah. Uh, Summer is incorrect, but uh, she's a minor. She has, there's, it's, it's a, sorry, 
sorry, it's, I'm getting tripped up in what I'm trying to say, but he's basically like, the good news is we don't have to care about what you're, if you're, whether or not your dad is attracted to me because I'm not dating him. Yeah. The only thing that matters is you and me. Yeah. And she's kind of doesn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And he takes that as his cue to leave. Well, no, she's like, I have to go. And she runs away. Oh yeah. 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 And he's like, well, fuck my drag. Yep. Yep. Everybody's drag is fucked in this episode. Yes, there's a fair amount of it. So, now we're back at the Mermaid Inn, because that's Teresa's favorite place to stay. Well, sorry. First, we do have to have the little moment in the vehicle where Ryan gets into Marissa's car. Oh, yeah. And he's about to turn it on, and Sandy comes up and knocks on the window and is like, Get the fuck out of the fucking car! Yep. Give me the fucking keys. Yeah. What are you going to fucking do? And this is where he gives him more of the speech. Like, you have to let Teresa make her own decision on this. You have to let her make the choice. You don't get to make that choice for her. What are you going to do? What do you expect to happen? I've seen guys like Eddie a hundred times. Promise me you're not going to be the guy that goes and changes his mind, you know. Or changes his whole way of life to not hit women. Yeah. And Ryan's like... You would, you would you would rather I do nothing. <laughs> and Sandy's like, yes. <laughs> and Ryan's like, I can't do that. <laughs> vroom, vroom. <laughs> and he drives away, and Sandy's like, ah, wavey. Yes. Sorry. So yes. Yeah, that is significant. I'm I'm glad you remembered that part because. Yep. It, it makes sense now that Ryan is showing up at the Mermaid Inn instead of in Chino. Yep. And Teresa points that out. She's like, I thought you were going to be in Chino by now. Why is she a Jewish dad? I, <laughs> I thought by now in Chino you'd be. <laughs> <laughs> She's also Yoda, apparently. What? Did you get lost? <laughs> what? You need directions, maybe? You need maybe. a before you go. What? I can print out MapQuest for you. You don't know how to get there. <laughs> You need a little knish for the road. I got some sardines. (laughs) Side note, one of the great mysteries of my workplace is someone eats a tin of sardines for lunch every single day because I see it in the garbage and I every day, every day. Who is it? I don't know. We've got to figure it out. Only sardines in the building. Our next podcast starting three weeks from now. We're going to figure it out. It's the real time crime drama of who the fuck is eating sardines every day. Every day. Every day. Maybe their fish oil levels are low. I mean, they'd have to be dangerously low to fuck every day. Every day. Ooh, I have my theories as to who it is, but we're not going to out anybody here. We can't actually say the names of anyone. No, we'd have to come up with alternates. We'd have to come up with, um, what's that called? Aliases. Yes. For everybody. Um, Crotchnik is who I think it might be. But nope. uh, you don't think it's Crotchnik? I don't think it is. Oh. So, Ryan has gotten all the way to Corona before realizing that it is Teresa to whom he needs to speak. I made it all the way to Corona. (laughs) 
Not the beer. They not the av- virus. <laughs> That's not for many decades. <laughs> so um, she says she's going back to him again. And Ryan pleads with her not to go back, at least not right away, but go to the Cohen's house. Yeah, and she's like, oh, yeah, great. No, that'd be, no, uh, what? She, you know, he's like, you don't have to go back. And she's like, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, I didn't go back. And she's like, oh, yeah, I guess I'll just plead with a rich family until they put me up in their fucking guest house. Oh, yeah, real easy, Ryan. And he's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, <laughs> you could actually just do that. <laughs> she's like, no, I'm not going to fucking, are you shitting me? What the fuck? So we don't know the full dimensions. We'll jump ahead a little bit because. Oh, sorry. So I'm sorry ahead. to stay here really quick. Do, what does he say to convince her? Because he says something that's that's a prescient or whatever. Is prescient the word I'm looking for? It's do- pertinent enough. He doesn't know what will happen if she goes there, but he does know what is going to happen if she goes back to Eddie. Yes. Yes. Yes, that, that, that's a good line. Yeah. And I feel that's the thing that cuts through because deep down, even though she keeps saying he won't do it again, and even though she says she believes him, she doesn't actually believe him. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes to the Cohen's house. Uh, mm. I, I don't mean Ryan. I mean, she doesn't no, believe Eddie. I know. No, I'm just trying to piece through this mm-hmm. because there's, there's a reason that women go back Mm -hmm. especially i mean there's a myriad of reasons why women go back but when you're that young hashtag why i stayed will show a lot of them yeah but also when you're that young you very well could believe Mm -hmm. that he's going to stop sure yeah if you just wear the right shirt or Mm -hmm. help him keep his job or whatever Yeah, yeah yeah you know so Ryan and Teresa show up at the Cohen house and uh, Kirsten and Sandy are sitting in recliners saying they're never going to have a party again. (laughs) Who is it that finally, is it Kirsten or somebody is like, nothing good ever happens when we have a party. (laughs) You notice that? That's like the second meta commentary of this episode. Yeah. We, I think, noticed and enjoyed very much. It's really good. I'm like, they're coming self-aware. Yes. (laughs) Um, Teresa is obviously welcome to stay as long as she wants per the Coens and uh, Kirsten says that Ryan can bunk with Seth and they'll go switch out the linens in the pool house and she'll go stay there I'm shocked they don't have another guest room that's what I was starting to say we don't know the full dimensions of their house but we know the limitations of it now yeah I guess there isn't another guest room. Yeah. Are they poor? They might be poor. (laughs) Even we have a guest room. Yeah. Why we record in ostensibly guest room studios. (laughs) Um, Marissa stops by to get her car and Kirsten ends up being the one to tell her that uh, Teresa is staying with them and just kind of very gently suggest that if you want to be, if you, Marissa, want to be with Ryan, you should learn to make room for Teresa. Yeah. In both of your lives. Yeah. And Marissa is not ready for that. No. And will not be. No. 
So now, um, in set, we're in Seth's room. And he's Ryan, moping. Seth is deeply moping. He's moping with his shoes on the bed. Yep. And I know this is. I just find it highly inappropriate when people put their shoes on the bed. That's just me, though. I mean, that just it speaks to the degree of depression that he's in. He didn't um, even think to take his shoes off. You stop caring about your environment. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Ah, and he's cradling who? Captain Oates. His security animal. Yep. Yeah. Mercer can come for him for all he cares. <laughs> Shoes all on the bed. Um, Ryan says he's sorry for leaving the shower. And Seth just keeps saying these apologies should go to Marissa, not me. And I think he finally accepts the fact that Seth is not in a place to talk about anything, which is unusual. Seth says, go talk to your girlfriend. One of us should be able to. Uh-huh. Because right now he says, yeah, things between he and Summer sort of suck right now. Yeah. In his words. Yeah. So Ryan goes to the pool where Marissa is sitting on a pool bench. And there's a lot of fun effects again with the water on their faces and their bodies. I like a pool scene. Yeah. I like a pool scene in this show. Yeah, yeah. Ryan uh, knows that he there's going to be a lot of fucking crazy stuff in Marissa's near future, and he promises that he's going to be there for her. And then he says, this is their second example of uh, camera linger, mm-hmm. and this is what closes out the episode. He says something along the lines of, we're going to be good, right? We're going to be really good. And she's like, yeah, we're going to be good. Uh, well... Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do it's this okay. again, but we're gonna. I'm gonna. We're gonna focus on the details because the details are important in this scene. He says we're gonna be good, and she is about to reply, but then like, she looks over at the pool house, mm-hmm. which still has no semblance of curtains, <laughs> right? And Teresa is like fluffing up a blanket or something. She's like making the bed, essentially. Yeah. Yep. We linger a little bit on that shot. We linger a little bit on Kirsten. Sorry, uh, Marissa. While she's thinking. And then she's like, yeah. Yeah, we are. We are going to be good. And then they're both staring into space in opposite directions. (laughs) Right. They're holding each other. Yeah. She's like leaning into him. He's like stroking her arm. But both of their faces are like, are we? Yep. Is that our final shot for the episode? That's the final shot. That's it. Dick Wolf. Chung Chung. Chung Chung. <laughs> uh, episode hero. Oh. Uh, okay. I mean, I've got a controversial hero and I've got an obvious hero. Okay. They're not tied. Sandy is my number one hero. Uh, he does really good dad conversations. He gives good dad speeches. Um, he's obviously in the right. Um, he listens to his wife when she has good ideas because he also has the mis, uh, not misconstrued, the misguided desire to go and talk sense into Eddie mm-hmm. where no one should be doing that. Uh, and Kirsten's like, nope, put your focus where it should be on Teresa. Eddie's in a funeral home doing LSD. He is unavailable. <laughs> so, yes, um, he does. He makes all the right moves, right? He yep. listens. 
Uh, he supports. He gives good dad speeches. He works on his core. Surfing is really good yeah. for your core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His eyebrows are fantastic. Hair is um, great. Uh, he even alludes to him sort of turning around a little bit or turning a new leaf a little bit on Caleb uh, because Caleb was so generous. It's just the money. It will not. <laughs> it will not stick, but I'll allow it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. My second hero is Caleb. Uh, maybe a little controversially, but I do see him becoming a little bit of a warmer character. Yes. Last episode, he literally blackmailed a child uh, emotionally. Yes, I realize that. I realize that. But it was towards the end of having a healthy relationship with his soon to be wife. I thought you were going to say, oh, it was at the end of the episode. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I see him accepting Cindy as part of his new family. I see him accepting Julie for all of the quirks and faults of her youth. I don't think Cindy comes back. Well, it is what it is. But yeah. those are my those are my dual heroes. They go Sandy, then Caleb. Mm-hmm. You? Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Teresa. <gasps> Please explain. She is the hero of herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We can't speak to what she's going to do in the future because, again, I genuinely do not remember some of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, she's keeping herself safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's good here. It's good here. Villains, you go. Uh... Purely from the perspective of the speech that she fucking gave at the shower, I'm going to go Cindy. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. Like, yeah, she's you, can have, you can have all the justification <laughs> that you want to after the fact, but the fact, the fact of the matter is that you deliberately set out to make someone feel like shit mm-hmm. at an event that was very important to them. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was super shitty behavior. That's a really good villain. Yeah. Um, it's probably, we probably can't really say somebody that actually doesn't show up in the show, right? It would be too obvious Caitlin? to be like Eddie. <laughs> Caitlin! <laughs> My villain is Caitlin. She's not there to support her mother. <laughs> She did not physically get in front of Teresa when Eddie was trying to hit her. <laughs> no, so I won't say Eddie. I was leaning towards Seth because he's such a fucking schmuck. And he shoves his fucking foot in his mouth. Or rather, it would be better if he had done that. But he just keeps talking, talking, and talking. He doesn't let anybody get a fucking word in edgewise at the fucking thing. And yeah, okay. He says he was nervous or fucking whatever. But like... He was just a shitty, shitty boyfriend in this episode. The only reason that I'm not giving it to Seth is because I think this could be a possible catalyst for Mm self-reflection for him. Mm -hmm. You don't think Cindy's going to come back? No. We might see her in the wedding episode. There has to be a wedding episode, right? Well, who knows? It's yet to be seen. I can neither confirm nor deny. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, then yeah, no, I guess I'm, I plead the fifth. I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to have the boxes are in the shower. I'm going <laughs> to, um, that's a timely reference. Uh, we're recording this episode Monday, June 12th, everyone, just so you know, 2023 days after a bunch of 
highly classified top secret documents were discovered in fucking Trump's bathroom and other places. Yep. Anyway, uh, I'm going to have dual villains. Uh, it's going to go Christy, Seth, um, Cindy, Cindy, Seth, Cindy, uh, Cindy primarily. And then Seth a little bit, just because if we don't get some personal growth, uh, growth out of this, I don't know. Oh, but whatever. We're hot and cold on Seth all the time anyway. We we hate him most of the time. Then every now and then he'll mensch up and we'll like him again. Seth is a cipher. What is it? What does that mean again? Something that's very difficult to understand. Yeah. He is an enigma. He is a riddle wrapped in an enigma wrapped in. Is Seth's character hair. as inconsistent as he is because he is a self-insert? Yes. Yeah? Yes. And sort of like he needs to the role that he plays changes from episode to episode pretty dramatically. I also think this is very much the person who created this television show trying to come to terms with his personality when he was a teen. Ooh, interesting. We should have a bonus episode about that. That's, Except we're not going to have it on Patreon. No. Nope. Fuck Patreon. Fuck Patreon. Also, um, we literally have nobody who would support a Patreon. And that is literally all I have to say <laughs> about that topic. So it would be just that sentence repeated. And then it would be. Da -da 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 and that's our bonus episode. Oh, okay. Yep. Cool. Do we have anything else to add? We only have two fucking episodes of this goddamn season left. We sure fucking do. Holy shit. Holy shit. And then that will be the end of season one of Orange You Glad We Watched the OC. We should probably take like two weeks off in between seasons one and two. Yes. We Give ourselves already. a little bit of a break. Yep. You know, be refreshed for the beginning of season two. I believe July 8th is the one year anniversary of this <gasps> podcast. All right. Well, there you go. Or thereabouts. Um, Send us cake. So uh, what we'll do also is we'll probably re-record a new version of the opening song. We want cake. Mostly because uh, the way that I EQ'd it uh, is very jarring with the rest of the episode. And presents. Um, but yeah. Give me uh, presents. I look forward to what the future holds for this fun little project of ours. Me too. California, Sarah? California, Evan. You just listened to Orange You Glad We Watched The O.C., the show about watching and talking about the OC. Recorded in Guest Bedroom Studios. Hosted by Sarah and Evan. Original concept and discussion questions by Sarah. Audio recording and engineering and editing by Evan. Please give this podcast as many stars or thumbs up as the platform you're listening to it on will allow you to give us. Copyright 2023.